Brad, I think people, I think people would be curious to listen to guys like you and I talking about working out. Maybe, maybe they'll listen for tips and what not to do. You know what I want to do, which I haven't done is I got the kids like over COVID got them like a Nintendo switch with this hoop game that you like work out with. And it, it's actually a really good workout. It works out like upper muscles. It does like some cardio and it's kind of a video game. I can't remember what it's called, but it has yeah. a, it comes with a big hoop that you like squeeze. And I huh. did it a couple of times and it's a pretty it's a real workout and it's you know a mediocre video game, but like uh, it's it seems as if the biggest challenge with stuff like that is having the self-motivation to stay disciplined with stuff yeah. like that. Especially at our age. Yeah. At our advancing age. Well, I don't know why I just lumped me in with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm advanced, um, more advanced you know, than you, buddy. Like, yeah, you're <laughs> You know, once you get into your your age, I know you're probably taking baby aspirin for your heart. Triple digits. Eating, eating melon with cottage cheese in, inside for breakfast. No. Dude, I just <laughs> I had pizza for lunch. Oh, you're supposed to be having melon and cottage cheese. You'll die. You'll die. Yeah. But people at our, I think that's the biggest issue. I think like people just find gyms and, you know, just putting yourself in the place is like, the forced motivation you need to actually do what you want to do. And when you have all those distractions at home and stuff, I think it does take an extra level of discipline. Actually one that I don't think I have. That's one of the reasons I don't have any of that stuff in my house is like, I'm almost certain anything I would buy would go to the, the way of Nordic track, you know, <laughs> and be garage, garage sale fodder the rest of our lives. You know who loves a garage sale and a deal? Who's that? Is Kyle Rogendorf. <laughs> the king of the deal. Is he? Tell him that. He is. I like He's a good, good garage sale. The uh it's the you know, the thrill of maybe finding finding a find. Oh, it's the best. There's one part of Kyle I didn't talk about in our in our interview that I would mention now because I didn't want him taken as an insult. Kyle is a straight Central Jersey hustler. <laughs> like, like he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He'll do anything for anyone. Shirt off your back. Like, like truly kind, you know, right. like with nothing, nothing attached to it. But when it comes to business, when it comes to money, when it comes to like his life and his finances and stuff, don't fuck with that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, the fact that he had his business, like, he must have been pretty young when he had started that guitar store, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, was just this this idea that, like, wait, why is why is Guitar Center making this money? Like, I should be making yeah. this money, you know? And I mean, that says a it's, lot. It's like the mix of, like, the Central Jersey hustler met with, like, very awesome utilitarian skill sets. You put these things together, you know? It's just a... A recipe. So if you're in New Jersey, definitely use Raritan Bay Guitar Repair and do that stuff because they are the best of the best. It sounds like it. But I had to have Kyle on, continue the Road Dog episodes because I miss having our salt of the earth friends around here, Brad. Enough of these musicians, <laughs> yeah. you know? I love Yikes. the Road Dogs. 
They all sound like you, you know, <laughs> all the musicians, they're covered in silk and all pretentious, you know, <laughs> need some real men, real men like Kyle around. Yeah. You know? Keep it honest. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's funny how, you know, we talk about this a lot, but it's sort of those, you know, tiny little variables that eke out success and, you know, these little you know, slights a hand here and there, little white lies, these things that, you know, change the direction of your life. And with Kyle, they're extremely obvious ones. Not like little, like I never would have met Alex Rosamelia right. if it wasn't for Kyle. Right. Kyle was my old friend, worked at Guitar Center and knew Alex. And Alex coming into my life, like changed my musical life, you know, for real, like forever. And then, you know, him getting involved in Gaslight, giving up his house for us to record American slang and kind of providing like the perfect environment to just go write a record in. I mean, it's the most like judgment-free, safe place that him and Lila, his wife, create. I mean, they're like proper punk rockers, you know? So they like, they're just down for the thing, down for the cause. Um, I'd say the biggest problem with recording or, or writing at Kyle's house was just down the road was a very, very delicious greasy spoon central Jersey deli called Big Wally's. (laughs) And I was like a week and a half in to to writing this record at Kyle's house. And I'm like, I think I put on 10 already from Big (laughs) Wally's alone. It's just good. I was living up in Jersey City then. I just moved up there. And Big Wally's was this, this like taste of home, you know, like this comfort of home. Right. Like, oh shit. I get like a dope potato egg and cheese in the morning. I get like a dope sub in the light. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then by two weeks in, I'm like, all right, I got to get this under control. I was, I was bag lunching it, bag lunching it. But by the you got to have a spot like that when you're in the studio, dude, you got to have the, the key deli, man. That's the o- oh, only problem with like recording out in the fucking woods, you know, is you, you don't have that spot, that key fucking deli run spot. Beer and chips and whatever the fuck. I you know. Need. And Big Wally's was. Pr- I mean, so, I mean, even if you just line it up, we wrote the record at Kyle's house, and Big Wally's was our go-to. You know, even right. though delicious, not expensive either. You know, like a good, good, evenly priced place. Then we go to record. We record American slang at uh, the Magic Shop in New York, and what's the closest place to that? Balthazar. Ah, yeah, the opposite. You know, <laughs> you get a small coffee and a croissant uh, no. at Balthazar is going to cost you about as much as like a 22-inch, you know, uh, covered in meats and Fuck cheeses that. and sauces kind of sandwich that you could get at Big Walls, no. you know? You're, it's not a, not as much bang for your buck so out there did in you, the city. Did you, know? you ever consider calling the record Big Wally's? <laughs> I'm sure I did, but that's why that's one of the reasons, uh, Brian does listen to me, but not always. And he's very smart for that. He's <laughs> because I would have done a lot of dumb shit like that. You know what? That was a thing. That was, sounds did, like a Like, you know, you hear the story. Yeah. Why is the record called big Wally's? Wow. And we were rehearsing we went to big Wally's every day. It's like, yeah. you know, you can think of like a half a dozen records that probably, you know, that were named what, after. What's like a famous stuff. Wally people would have thought it was? Who's the most famous Wally in the world? Oh, geez. I don't know. 
that robot, the animated robot. <laughs> Wally. <laughs> yeah. Wally Backman, baseball player. Yeah. Not very famous. It's not really a name you hear anymore. So it would have to be somebody from like the 60s. <laughs> I bet though, like someone like Walter Matthau. Right. Like I bet like his mom called him Wally. Right. Well, there you go. Right? Like I said, from the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Love Walter Matthau. Grumpier old men. One of the finest movies ever made. I think Kyle would agree. Um, so anyway, you know, and then uh, Kyle's connection to like the souls and little lead in was one of the reasons we got so close with that crew. And, you know, I, I had kind of known Kate on the periphery, but when Kyle lived there, it was like when I felt like, oh, one of my own is at little lead in, like <laughs> I can go to this barbecue and really cut loose now and get these ribs, you know? Right. Um, so it's just this like uh, consistently positive, hardworking, good person to be around who, I think over the years has, you know, connected a lot of pieces for a lot of people and doesn't ask for a thing for it. You know, I love Kyle. I wanted to give him a little light here. Uh, just so you know, he went very light on the Bagel Smith stories. Uh, that place was gross <laughs> and they did some disgusting shit with their food uh. at that place. I'm telling you, Matt Mahofsky had he had like a science lab over one of the ceiling tiles where he would put food up there and then like investigate it like a couple weeks later to see like what happened, you know, like, like what kind of things would grow on it. I thought it was interesting, you know, I like science. Yeah. I like science. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I don't know. Without further ado, let's uh, let's listen to Kyle. It's going on I was I was just giving Brad a little update on you, and I did say okay. I was like, "Listen, this is a guy doesn't do drugs, doesn't drink, but enjoys the nightlife." <laughs> you know, I I do think. Uh, you know, I think it's exaggerated a little bit, but I, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely play along for no, God's sake. You, you, lean know, in, not, you lean into the exaggeration oh, yeah. for fun. Yeah. We, and, and at the same time, if uh, we're ever somewhere and someone says, let's go to strip club, I am not going to say no. No. Or the casino. <laughs> oh, or the casino. Yes. Oh, so, we, yeah. I was actually just in Atlantic City not too long ago, and there's not much more depressing than a, Wednesday night oh, yeah. uh, in a winter and in Atlantic City, you know. 
Do you still have the, you had a timeshare down there, didn't you? Yeah, unfortunately, I do because if what you I'm still sure y'all know you once once you buy a timeshare, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> so you still have a timeshare in Atlantic City? Oh, dude, it's the worst. Oh, oh worst free advertising though, Kyle, right now. Free advertising. If anyone knows how to get out of a timeshare, please. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, hit, this hit, is hit. the fans. The people are going to come to Atlantic City and they could come stay at your timeshare. Are you allowed to rent it? How does it work? Well, I mean, I could rent it for the, you know, the uh, uh, seven days a year or, <laughs> or every every other year I, I can use it. How the yeah. fuck did you get roped into that anyway? <sighs> a good sales you, pitch. I let mean, me guess it was cheap. <laughs> it was cheap and it was more of I'm not getting a timeshare in in Atlantic City to use a timeshare in Atlantic City. It's like you you buy here because it's cheap. But then when I go anywhere else, you know, you transfer it to different places. And, and now saying that we have used it in Florida many times and it, it it is good. Yeah. But still, still at the end of the day, if you really start, you know, crunching the numbers, it's not the uh you know, it's not the deal you uh you 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 thought. No. So it, I'm not a hundred percent saying it's the worst thing ever, but you know, given the opportunity, I would get rid of it. Uh, you know, as a like, what what's like the uh, modern allure of Atlantic City? Because I get it from back in the day, right? You know, like horses jumping off of diving boards and yeah. carnivals, and like there is that real kind of theatrical like carnival element to atlantic city that part of it's like kind of gone yeah i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know what the current allure is (laughs) i mean i'll still go because i do enjoy gambling a bit right and it's one of those things like we've been going to atlantic city for 25 years but if you know if it was my first experience going there i'd kind of be like i don't don't know about this it's not a definitely the allure is a lot Less now, yeah. and you know now. I mean, obviously in the summertime, you got things going on in the boardwalk and whatnot. But uh, it's yeah, it's getting crazy with the game sliding downhill a little bit again, right? I I mean, I'd have to imagine like I can't like the online stuff has right. taken over so much. I mean, even I don't know if you heard, but just today, and I I was assuming this was going to happen soon. A uh, an NFL player is suspended for the entirety of next season because he was betting on games last year. Um, Yeah, I mean... You know, and like... I'm sure he's the only one, you know, I'm sure he's not the only one. He's just the one that got caught. Exactly, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, like, when Pete Rose was, like, gambling on baseball, he probably had to have, like, a bookie... You know, he was like, oh, like he wasn't. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't going on his phone. Exactly. There was no. like he had to have like another life going on. Like, I remember what you used to have to do to gamble. It was unsavory, you know, like yeah. you had to put a lot of effort. Exactly. Like, it's too easy now. Yeah. You let these guys they are like, oh, I'm this amount years old. You know, I'm, I'm loaded. And all I have to do is literally sign up for like a DraftKings account. Yeah. And well, also at, in Atlantic City now. They have the sports betting at, at all the casinos. Right. Uh, I think that's new, I don't know, only a couple of years ago. And the last couple of times I was there with some friends who were betting on it. And dude, I don't know anything about these bets. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm making just arbitrary bets, please. Uh, you know, I, I'm I, no clue what I, uh, you know, I'm literally asking my friend. I'm like, so am I going to win something here? I don't, yeah, I don't know what I'm betting on. It's, it's, it's the equivalent easy. of 
going to the horse track. I don't. Yeah, I love betting on the ponies, but I don't understand any of it. No, Are you kidding no, me? No. no. Yeah. It's just fun. I have no clue. Be like, I like this one's name. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear it? Like right next to Wrigley Field in Chicago, there is literally going to be like a three-story like DraftKings complex where you essentially just like walk into there, place your bet before you go to the game, you know, like to, to make it nice and convenient now to, to get it all done. Yeah. I heard a commercial the other day that really like skeeved me out almost. Mm-hmm. It, it, Cause you know, you've been around it like, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it like gambling can be dangerous, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like that shit ruins people's lives. And I heard a commercial the other day that was, preying on like the worst vulnerable side of like a gambling degenerate where it went, were you watching that game? You knew it was going to go down like this, didn't you? And you didn't do anything about it. Next time, do something (laughs) about it. And it's like, it's like this thing, you know, every sports gambler is like, the thing that kills you is the idea that you know more than everybody else. You know more. Oh, I got a hunch here. And yeah, and it, so- it sounds like the bookie convincing the guy to give him yeah. more money. Yeah. It sounds like. yeah or yeah. it sounds like, like, Hey kid, you know, take the first one for free, get wet, you know, like yeah. some, some real pusher kind of creepy stuff going on, you know, it's like a, it's like rolling dice with Maddie o- O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> what happens there? What happens when you roll dice with Maddie? Oh, first of all, it's always fun. But th- there's many times I'll be like, all right, I'm, I'm, I got 20 bucks left. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, 20 will make you 40. <laughs> <sighs> okay. You got a point there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down to 10. Ah, 10 will make you 20. Yeah. Ah, okay. You're, you're making sense here. All right. Yeah, sure, you're making here. a little yeah. too much sense. Yeah. 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 So, okay. uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I, yeah. I lost a lot there. Well, but, yeah. Kyle, it's always fun. I could shoot the shit with you all day long. We can. But I do want to actually find out for the people. I know some, mm-hmm. but I don't know all of it, you know, because like, okay. it'd be creepy if we were on tour together. And I was like, hey, Kyle, tell me about this, you know? Um, so but would it would it really be creepy? Come on. No, I mean, you we've probably done what we've known each other a lot of you yeah. could like pretty much ask me anything. Yeah, you've like slept on top of me. I can't imagine what you've heard. Yeah, that's right. No, you were directly below me. Yeah. And then Perkins below me, which is one of the most unsavory or actually, maybe the most savory. Oh, come on. We're three pretty Perkins nice all- guys. Come on. Me and Perkins always room together. You know, it was always. It's like being between you two is like a sandwich of positivity. It is actually true. <laughs> I like sleeping between those two positive pieces of bread. It is nice. It is. Though, so, so, do, do you remember when I fell out of the bunk? And uh, <laughs> the, the next day, Perkins goes, did you fall out of the bunk? And I go, Yeah. He goes, oh, I, I thought I heard you. I go, I'm glad you heard me and didn't <laughs> poke your head out to see if I was okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'm like literally laying next to you on the floor because I fell out. Yeah, but yeah. No. Thanks for investigating. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks yeah. for checking on me. Yeah, good job. Thanks. But uh, I want to go back <laughs> a little earlier because you mm-hmm. famously, you know, we came from a scene together. Mm-hmm. I met you via this scene when I was, I don't know. Well, 13, four, do, like, do you remember when we first met? I was thinking about that just yeah. earlier. Um, well, uh, am I three years older than you or four? You're, what, what year is your birthday? 80. Okay. So we're, I'm, I'm exactly four years older than you because I'm right. 76. So, um, so being that you must have been, 
I was probably 16 ish, 17. Yeah. So that's right. You know, you're like 13 ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were ju- just hitting puberty. And was it when you booked Dilemma? Um, I don't know if that was the exact first time I met you, but again, in that crowd, uh, that, you know, group of people, um, it was when you were in Dilemma and, uh, you know, I knew Dilemma through, uh, the other Bridgewater kids. And also that, uh, you know, Matt Husky's sister was in your band. That's and, right. You know, friends with Matt. Yeah. Yes. We had the connection to the bagel Smith, which we will get to. So, <laughs> but uh, I don't know how much can be talked <laughs> well, about. At yeah. least in general. So <laughs> it, we'll, we'll get into general. So, so like a couple years before that, you know, like what, what was, um, like your first drawing points to actually, you know, you're such a rock and roll dude. Like, you're like the rock and roll dude, you know, like true rock and roll. I want to know the 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 quick short story of just me getting into just rock and roll music in general, right? I want to know like the first time you heard rock and roll. Were you just like this little baby and a tattoo appeared on you? Like I, I'll tell you exactly. <laughs> um, you know, uh my parents were divorced. My father uh, lived for a while with my grandparents in Bridgewater, mm-hmm. you know, your hometown, mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> Bradley Gardens to be precise. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so summers, my, my grandparents were both bus drivers. So pretty much me and my sister spent the majority of the summers at my grandparents, okay. you know, because, uh, you know, obviously my mother worked full time and you know, this and that, um, next door neighbor at next to my grandparents, uh, it was a boy, I think his name was David, if I remember correctly. He was probably about four years older than me. So being kid in summer, I used to play with him. He being four years older than me, and this being the early 80s, he was into <laughs> heavy metal. Okay. I So I literally got into Motley Crue and Twisted Sister when I was in kindergarten. Yes. So you yes. literally were born into this. I, yes, exactly. Yeah. I was obsessed with Motley Crue and... And Twist, Twisted Sister, they were the two, my two favorite ones. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was all about it. And what do you, you remember? Know? Like, like you're a little kid. Like, do you have, do you have any recollection of like, what, what was it like the imagery, the speed? Cause it's not like you're like, fuck yeah, smoking in the boys room. Yeah. No, like, no, like, I had no idea about lyrics. Or yeah, anything. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just thought the music was cool and they looked cool. And yeah, I'm like, I just thought everything about it was cool, I, you know. So, it, so did you actually start actively listening to these bands then? Oh like- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I got a, I, you know, the old Columbia House. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which at some point, you know, you always owe them money, and then your parents write a letter saying this kid's, uh, you know, nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. They're like um, nine. You send him eighteen CDs in the mail. Like, yeah, you- no, this was cassette. Oh, cassette. Yeah, Columbia cassette. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not saying I haven't joined Columbia numerous times throughout my uh, <laughs> sure. lifetime to get the to get the eighteen CDs for a penny right, and right. whatever. The first, the first hit. Yeah. Uh, speaking but, of which, the uh, the initial first taste that drug dealers give you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I got. Yeah, in that first batch of tapes, I had Shout the Devil, Stay Hungry, all that stuff. Yeah. Nice. Um, and I also specifically remember getting the follow-up to Stay Hungry, Twisted Sisters Come Out and Play. Uh-huh. Got it in my Easter basket in first grade. <laughs> so and, and brought the cassette in for show and tell. Remember show and tell? Of course. Nice. And the uh, 
some kids uh, said, said, uh, they look like girls. And I got angry. I said, no, they're not fucking girls. It's oh, I didn't say fuck those yeah. in first grade. But that's what I thought. And I was like, no, it's Twitch's sister. They're not girls. I got, got That was that. a bizarre part. Like, I, I still, for the life of me, I watched that two hours of Metal Mayhem the other night. Yes. You know, and I'm watching like a Cinderella video or like one of those groups. And I'm like, you know, like I understand why uh, this is attractive, but I don't understand how these guys presented themselves so like with such like I don't know. It's just a bizarre. I mean, with, combination you know. of like sex and manhood and like whatever was happening in the eighties. But I got to tell yeah. you, I'm still semi attracted to somebody in like some spandex pants. I think it comes from oh, yeah. there, you know, man or, man or woman. I want a, a nice <laughs> tight form and some spandex. And That's I'm, right. I'm stoked. Yeah. Sometimes if you don't take a second look, you may uh, get confused. I think, uh, I think that was yeah. the point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, yeah, essentially at a young age like that, I got, got into, got into just like, you know, like hard rock and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think probably a couple years later, just kind of went by the wayside. But then, then what brought me back, Full, you know, full on was Appetite for Destruction. Ah, wow. yes. Right. And then that brought back and then just, you know, full, full blown and just into, you know, grow, growing my hair out the whole, whole night, you know. So it always, it makes sense. I mean, like stuff like Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, like, you know, some of the songs are so fast, mm -hmm. you know, that they start to border into like, oh, like you're into Motorhead and now you're into like, yeah, you just like something that's fast and speed. Like, do you remember when the uh, the punk was introduced? Um, well, I think the gateway to all hard rock into into punk was the Ramones. Right. Yes, uh, sure. so I remember hearing the Ramones, and it just you know was appealing, and then started probably mid teens is when got into like the punk stuff and started listening, you know, started listening like, you know, Bad Religion and The Clash and, uh, you know, all, all that type of stuff. So pro probably like, yeah, maybe like, uh, how, how old you were like a freshman, freshman, mm, 13, sophomore, 13, that, 14. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's when I kind of started getting into the punk and hardcore stuff as well. And yeah, I still liked, it wasn't like I, hated metal then i just liked it all you know right but um but then definitely got you know went toward more towards uh towards that just like everyone because you know it's it was more accessible small clubs this and that not like a you know sure arena type things and you know but you always seem like such a you seem a like a utilitarian person to me where you know i know you got into this stuff but i know early on you were already you know, playing, involved with local bands, like putting on shows, and then quickly kind of had like sort of an organizing and entrepreneurial spirit. Like, like, has that just always been the way you were, where you got into something and wanted to kind of... I think I've always been, when I kind of get into something, kind of look at all aspects. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, just... Looking at you know, kind of getting into things and and putting on shows, I just it, enjoyed. Uh, I mean, I liked playing, but I was never ever fucking good. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, I still 
love playing stuff, but also just looked into all the other aspects of that. And it was like, all right, cool. People are putting on shows. I can do some shows. I can do this. I can help out friends' bands just because, hey, I'm going to go to show anyway. So let's help out. And it just it was fun, you know? And and, and you uh, never really, like, rebelled, though, right? Like, like it, it's like you were simultaneously, like, rebelling, but, like, always had this instinct to kind of help. Like, especially... Yeah. You know, like... Uh, where where did that come from? Like you're you're such a helpful character by nature. Like is that is that a family thing, a personal thing? I don't know. Um, I don't know where I got it from. I'm not not trying to say I didn't get it from my family because you know I have a pretty good family situation. You know, even though parents are divorced, every you know we we all get along and stuff like that. But I don't know if that's exactly where it came nice from. Nice people have partied with all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I just. I I enjoy being around people that I like that are good people. I don't know, and if like you know we get along, I just uh, you know, sure. Can I help you out? Sure, cool. I'm I'm down. You know, yeah. N- never you know, you know. I, I I don't know. I guess I just I do enjoy helping people out. You know. Well, speaking of the entrepreneurial so. spirit, I mean, mm-hmm. one of the first places I knew you for was the aforementioned Bagel Smith. Ah, uh, the Bagel, which Smith. was a you know, small uh, bagel, the uh, grocery it was store, a deli, deli yeah. um, in and, Bridgewater proper, right? Yeah, uh, and and I and I can say I did find out from a source uh-huh. fairly recently they did finally shut down. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, the food was never great. Um, no, it was terrible. So you know, they, the, yeah. they didn't even make the bagels there. The owner would, the owner would pick the bagels up at another bagel smith, bring them in. So by like eight in the morning, they were already stale. I know, I know. I couldn't believe you didn't bake in house. Uh, no, that's what led me to go to walk and roll a lot. You know. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And so not only did I not bake the bagels, make the bagels in in house, the breakfast sandwiches were made. Uh, with a large, uh, large tub of like egg concoction, which essentially is egg and milk yeah. mixed together, which I'm sure a lot of places do. Sure. You pre-mix sure. it, but we didn't have a grill. It was poured into a plastic container and oh. microwaved oh. for like 39 seconds oh. or whatever it was. So not only are you microwaving egg, but you're microwaving in a plastic container, yeah. you, and that yeah. and that was acceptable. I guess you gave dozens of people prostate cancer mm. or something. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it it, yeah, it was. It was really so, a disgusting. So by place. the time I knew you guys, you know, I'm a young skateboard kid and I knew mm-hmm. that some of the older rippers worked at Bagelsmith and yeah. you'd get hooked up. I, I remember one time, I don't even remember who was working, but I went in early. I got a bagel and then uh, a sub and a box of Velveeta all for free. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Thank you, yeah. Bagelsmith. Not a cent was paid. But I eventually learned that uh, my uh, old bass player's brother, Matt Mahofsky, and some other yes. rippers were up to some pretty bizarre things at the Bagelsmith. I do remember uh, uh, Matt having like a section of the ceiling tiles where he was aging different foods to see how they would age. Um like, give me, give me a little insight into into this world. Let's, let's see what we could say without getting into uh, legal <laughs> issues. Uh, but yeah, 
Ed, Ed Hank said this, this statue is, is over by the way, that you're free and clear. Yeah. Well, if, if, if he, if he did the research, I'm your sure, legal yeah. representation, Ed Hank said that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt Mahusky, which, uh, just so everyone knows, Matt was a good friend of ours. He had a tracheotomy as a baby. So he had like a spoke through a hole in his throat. So he had a real raspy voice yeah. like this. So he many times would like to get into the walk-in freezer and jump out at the old people and scare them. <laughs> uh, he would do that uh, with his raspy uh, voice. Yeah. And, yeah. and he would fit in there because he was like maybe, what, 90 yeah, pounds soaking wet. Yeah. yeah, I love him. Um, he would just throw things in the ceiling. He would just, you know... Uh, he would just like to break things from time to time. And, uh, and, and were you so unmonitored that whole time? Like, was yes, no one was the, really the, looking into that place? Long story short, the owner, the owner's wife was a big time lawyer. So he only kind of ran the place to like, you know, probably to like look like he had a job, oh, not like he didn't need the money. Right. And he would essentially leave as soon as possible every day, as soon as like we would come in so he could go play golf at the Princeton country club. Oh, I see. So he, he left, you know, he left teenage punk rockers to run a, a, a deli. Club. And I can imagine I mean, too, like the it, internal yeah. conversation with yourself when he's like, I'm going to the country club and that's, you know, yeah, like, he would just fuck this place up. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> he, he, yeah. And, and he loved, and he loved the grateful dead. To do, oh. so, you know, uh, so he had two strikes against him. Uh, yeah, but. in those days, that was that was pre this like new. There's like a new Grateful Dead nostalgia that's out there now. But back in those days, the Grateful Dead was like the enemy of punk rockers. Dude, yeah. uh, don't even get me started. There's there's no nostalgia whatsoever. Well, you're not now. a deadhead. No, 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 no. no. Uh, he and you know, so again, he was just very lazy because he would just you know, could he have? reined us in sure but that would have meant he would have had to actually stay there right so right, yeah right, right, right. yeah we i remember when he first got one of those scrolling uh digital signs you know to advertise things yeah he he told me to read the directions on how to program okay it. so of course he didn't do it so of course we would program it to say shit and then change it when we would leave you know yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah what a ridiculous it, yeah. place but it, oh, yeah. classic uh classic. how did dan get the name shay Durte? Chef Dirty? Yeah. Uh, uh, Dan, because Dan would just, he would throw bagels on the ground, kick it around, and that was the everything bagel. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, floor spice. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also started changing things on the on the board to, you know, to see if, like, anyone would notice. And, of course, the owner didn't notice for, like, six months until some woman came in the one morning and said, Sir, I want the fat ass egg and cheese. And he goes, What? Excuse me, ma'am. And he looks up at the board and yeah, the, the bacon egg and cheese had said fat ass egg and cheese for literally six months. Oh, like he that's God. how much he paid attention. So, so yeah. fucking funny. Oh, it was stupid. Yeah. So that that's how Chef Dirty got his name, uh, you know, uh, um, amongst other things. A classic. And then after and after he uh even got uh left there. He would like call from the payphone right around the, the corner just to see if the owner is in, and then we would answer the phone. He'd like poke his head in the door, and he'd be on the payphone. He would just come in, <laughs> to get cigarettes and stuff. You guys yeah. just own that spot. Well, no, it, was, it was it was ridiculous. Well, we should uh, we should move forward a little. We're half an hour yes. in, and I know you and I oh, could stay in Somerset County nostalgia the entire time. 
But, but yeah, for the listener's sake, we have to start uh, name dropping some bands that we're both loosely affiliated with, so okay. they stay interested. That's how this <laughs> okay. shit works, Kyle. You know, I, I know. You, yeah, you got to keep the uh, you know the paying customers happy. That's it. You know? That's the thing. That's right. So tell me how you first met Kate Hilt and con- um, and connected with the Bouncing Souls crew. Okay, I went. Uh, wait, let me, let me think real quick. Uh, right after high school. I, yes, okay, right after high school, um, I was going to uh, technical school, but there was a gap between, uh, between high school and going there. Like, um, and you went to DeVry, right? I went to DeVry. I heard DeVry just got sued. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) When I went there, it was still right by Woodbridge Mall. Right, right, Uh, right. But uh, so there was a gap in time, and I knew some friends, uh, again, associated with Bridgewater. Uh, that worked at White Lotus Futon in New Brunswick. Ah, the old classic. So I started working there doing deliveries, and, you know, Kate worked there. And this is, I guess that's like 96, I guess. I think, yeah, somewhere right around her, 95, 96. Uh-huh. And that's how yeah, she, she, she worked at White Lotus Futon and ran the place. She was your boss and, then. Kate was your Yeah, she was my boss, yeah. And so I met her there. And at that point, the Souls had just moved into the city, I believe. They weren't living in New Brunswick anymore. They had right, ju- right. Uh, I think they just got signed to Epitaph. So, you know. That's when all uh, us Jersey kids were like, Psh, the Souls, New York City. Yeah, we New get York it, city. guys. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she was still like, you know, going, I think like... Uh, working for them but uh, she wasn't like touring full full time with them at that right. point i don't think because if so she wouldn't be able to you know be running white lotus but anyway that's, that's how i met her so i met her there uh worked there for for a bit and we just you know stayed friends i would go down and hang out with her uh down uh she was living in Bradley beach at the time uh pre little eden oh way pre little yeah, yeah. she she had she had an apartment she shared with wig that was a above a garage in Bradley beach. And that garage is where uh dog wig started printing. Out oh, of the garage there. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we would go down and, and it was right down the street from Vicks. And I go to Vicks pizza. We would go to Vicks pizza and hang out. What was that? So. And I could, for you, like, you know, we grew up around here. Mm-hmm. So the souls were kind of, kind of a big deal when we were growing up and like, you know, how was it meeting those guys and getting affiliated with that crew? Like at first, the very welcoming situation. Yeah. All of them, you know, again, I knew Kate for a while and kind of, you know, and kind of people associated with the whole thing before I even kind of met a lot of them. Cause I, again, again, at that point, most of them were living in New York, right? you right. know? So I kind of met like Maddie O'Brien and everyone like that. We all became friends. Um, yeah. And then, you know, at, at one of the, you know, I think it was probably when I like really, really met those guys. It was probably one of her warped tour barbecues and stuff. So the classic barbecues, classic barbecue. Uh, and yeah, all of you know, just got along and we're just you know, just cool. Uh, you know, good people, and we just got along and you know, and, that was it. And uh, what was your time like? You know, Little Eden is sort of this you know magical place. You know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, Pete's got his studio in there, and Kate's, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of the head priestess. Yes, we want to call it that. Like, Uh, well, I remember when she bought the house. Yeah, which at this point, I think I remember we had dinner not too long ago. I think she was telling me it's like 
almost exactly 20 years at this yeah, point. Yeah, I which, think she mentioned which that. Which is yeah. just crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, it's you know? wild. Um, but yeah, no, I remember when she bought the place and, you know, she was living there and this and that. And, um, you know, a while later, uh, I started, she had asked me a couple times uh, to house it when she would go on tour. Oh, that's so, how that started. Okay. Yeah. So I, I started house sitting, taking care of the cats, you know? Right, right. So I would house it. And also at that point is when I was working down here in Freehold, New Jersey. And that was, you know, much closer commute. So I was like, yeah. So, and then probably after like the third time of me housing, she's just like, you just want to move in? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. So I, uh, I actually had, a, I did a bunch of construction before I moved in. The room I was, I lived in was like a, a walkthrough. You had to go through the room yeah. to get from the front of the house That's to the back. Right. So That's I, right. I actually uh, pulled up this lino- terrible linoleum flooring that was there. I actually rented one of those big sand, uh, you know, Sanders from Home Depot, and actually, I burnt the engine out on it so bad. I brought Jeez. it back. I'm like, I brought it. Back. I, go, I think something's wrong with this. this. I think broke. I need another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it thinks you mean one of those big like, floor it, sanders that you like, like a lawnmower yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I burnt Holy the thing out shit. because this linoleum was so old. When you pulled the linoleum up, the glue was st- stuck on the hard uh. wood, and I used every chemical known to man. It didn't come off, so you literally had to physically sand this stuff off. Shit. But anyway, so yeah. Damn. So renovated this room and then built the little hallway. So, you know, could actually, you know, have a, a bedroom that people aren't walking through to go to the other side of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then fairly soon after I finally officially moved in is when I started dating my wife. And, you know, so I wasn't even there all that much. And Kate's like, you're the best roommate. She's like, you're, you're never here. And you're... uh and you leave your rent and cash on my uh, dresser like a uh, high-quality <laughs> prostitute, like a, like, she told me. Like a fella of the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of uh, meeting your wife, you know, of course, I had to text our old friends, Lisa and Ed Hanks, to get some dirt on you before this uh, interview. And I had forgotten that uh, your first date was to a strip club. Well, it wasn't my first date. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. This is overstated. Um, well, you know, okay. So I have kn- I knew my wife, Lila. Uh, I met her years ago. Uh, she was dating mutual friend. We at, at, you know, and we would go to parties. So I knew, I knew her, right? So years later, me and Alex Rose Amelia mm-hmm. go go to a uh, World Inferno show at Bowery Ballroom. Okay, yes, and uh, the Bamboo Kids were opening. Do you uh, do you remember them at all? I don't. Any year? I don't. Okay, uh, it was it was Chris Orlando from Bridgewater and Dwight Weeks. Oh, I remember uh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, um, and they were opening up, and she was friends with them, so she was there to see them. You know, so. I ran into her and she was hammered and, you know, so we chatted for a bit. Uh, I think her exact words were last time I saw you didn't have all this shit all over you. <laughs> I assume yeah. she's talking about what piercings, tattoos, tattoos. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I had, you know, obviously didn't have as many cause you, you had know. put some um, shit on yourself. Yeah. Time. Have all the shit all over you Yeah, with a, a hand waving motion of like, you know, uh, so anyway, so we exchanged numbers. Needless to say, you know, through over the next six months, 
texted here and there once in a while, but you know, whatever. It was, you know, nothing came of it. Every once in a while, she'd text me back or something, whatever, you know. So, needless to say, we, uh, I think we, she randomly texted me because I work in Freehold and she had jury duty in Freehold at the Freehold courthouse. Okay. So she's like, oh, I'm going to be down there. Do you want to grab lunch? So we had grabbed lunch. I think wow. that was it. So that was literally kind of the first, like, you know, little 45 minute date or whatever, I guess you want to say. Yeah. And I mean, lunch, lunch uh, during jury duty is quite different than a strip club. It is. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, probably within, you know, less than a week or whatever, me and Ed go to uh, Starland, see Bar Religion. Mm hmm. And I get a random text from her. I'm at the strip club. Why don't you come meet us here? <laughs> so she was with her friend at at uh, uh, Fantasies in, uh, in Keyport. Oh, and, <laughs> Fantasies in Keyport. Yes, okay, of course. Okay. Just for some and, reference to anyone not from Central Jersey listening to this. Yeah, and it's still open if you ever that, care to that partake. That is a, an interesting uh, corridor of New Jersey, I'll just say. It, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the, the text was, yeah. So I said to Ed, I go, do you want it? And she's like, yeah, sure. So uh, so me and Ed go to, uh, uh, to Fantasies and meet up with her, and we hang out for a while. And I don't recall if... Ed drove or I don't know. Needless to say, we hung out after and then then we started like hanging out like regularly, you know. After so, your but, night so, of fantasies. Exactly. And and uh similar to bumping into her at the uh uh Bowery Ballroom, she was bombed. Right. So and 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 as you know, uh you know, my wife has no spleen from an accident, so she gets drunk very quickly and it <laughs> saves me a lot of money. <laughs> Cheap date. Cheap date. Love Cheap date. It. Only two drinks and is good to go. And she's rubbing my mud flaps. Oh, uh, so she, I, yeah. she what? She loves you. Oh, I love her. She's great. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the unique things about knowing you and her so intimately is like, you're both proper fucking freaks. Um, and did you know, like, you're like, if I'm going to marry someone and spend the left, I need to find someone who's like, just cool with me being weird and into this crazy stuff. Like, like, was that something you were looking for? Was it like just this perfect fit in that way? I mean, it's, I don't, I don't want to say I was specifically looking for someone like that, but, but yeah, she's out of her mind, but in a good way. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm like, I'd be fucking bored with anyone else. It's like, right. you know, yeah, sometimes it fucking drives me crazy. You kidding me? I'm like, you stop screaming for no apparent reason just because you think it's funny, you know? But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, and yeah, and she, it, you know, like she even said, she goes, when we first kind of got the air, she was very on the fence because she was like, you know, I think she was out of, you know, she dated many musicians and was like looking for us, you know, a uh, quote unquote normal person, a more, and, more reputable man at that point. Yeah, and then yeah, like sure. once we kind of start, you know, like I said, there was like a good six months that we kind of texted a little here and there, and she had told me she was like, you know, she's like, I talked to, I've been talking to him, I'm like, I don't know, she's like, I kind of like this guy, she's like, but he's, you know, got tattoos and he this and that, and 
you know, but then she's like, well, you do own your own business and stuff. So exactly. I guess yeah. Yeah. So yeah, eventually it was kind of like, okay, you know, so yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I'm a, the best, I, I guess, a, I guess I fill both categories. Like I'm, you know, wild enough but at the same time, yeah. you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a responsible adult. <laughs> I yeah you are I, you're yeah. the type of person you certainly can't can't judge the book by its cover you don't know when you look at you that you're a mogul you know essentially I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word mogul I would <laughs> I I know you as a straight hustler always 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 getting it done always making a couple dollars hey. always getting it done even I if, go I go Kyle, if I don't get it done who's gonna you want to come to a Brooklyn Nets game with me sure I'll drive. I'm like, great. This sounds great. And we're like right to the Holland Tunnel. He's like, oh, by the way, just got to drop off a few guitars at Guitar Center right across the way. <laughs> well, that, that just is being efficient. Yeah. yeah. Well, you always squeeze it if, in. If anything, I'm, I'm efficient. Yeah, you sure are. Sometimes to a point where like, yeah, I'll be like on my bench and I'll be like, I got to pee. Yeah. But yeah, if, yeah. I wait, if I wait another couple of minutes, <laughs> I can move this to the room that's next to the bathroom and like, you know, I'm trying to be efficient. I'm like, what am I doing? I got to go pee right now. You know, like seriously, I'll be, I, I try, you know, a slave my, to efficiency. My, my, yeah. My brain sometimes try to be too efficient. I'm like, geez, well, it's probably good in working with guitars. I'd imagine that, that type of, uh, that type of, Oh, I have one for you, by the way, I got a guitar you need to fix. Of course. Um, of course. so speaking of guitars and guitar center yeah. we we mentioned earlier that you met the lovely alex rosamelia did you hire alex at guitar center no no i just worked there okay um, okay yeah uh i was out of school i was working i worked at two jobs out of after my my uh my uh, uh electronic technician degree i think that's what it was called from devry <laughs> yeah uh i worked at a laser copier a laser printer company fun fun as a you know field uh, as I, I was i was kind of into just being like a i, I was like oh i'm gonna work in a technical thing and just drive around and fix things because right. you know, i like fixing things sure so and then i worked for an x-ray company based out of irvington after that and then after both those jobs for a couple of years i was just like I hate this so much. Uh, so I quit and I figured I'm like, I'm, well, I didn't just quit. I, you know, always have a lot job lined up for, you know, sure. uh, so I'm like, I'm going to get a job at guitar center. I'll sell guitars for a little bit, figure out what I want to do. That that's essentially what it was. So I was just working at guitar center for, for a little bit. And Alex Rose Amelia was working at the door. So they used to have door people oh, to like check people. Right. Out. That's right. He was still in high school. Uh huh. And he was super shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course, and, put him at the door. Yeah, exactly. Like he has any authority to like you know, stop someone or <laughs> yeah, anything. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so no, I just met him there, and we became friends, and you know, we would get lunch together, and just you know, just whatever, you know. So fast so that, forward, that's how fast forward a little bit. I mean, I don't think you know many people know that you're. I mean, you're you're. Let's say you're responsible for the Gaslit Anthem. Let's just go ahead and say that. Hey, um, you could say that, uh, you know. <laughs> um, so what What exactly was, like, the first opportunity that, like, uh, you were like, oh, let me, like, bring Alex into the fold here as, like, a guitar player and start? Um, you guys, you guys as in your old band, Low End Theory. Uh, I remember exactly. You guys were playing... The curmudgeon in Hillsborough, I believe. Right, right, right. Um, 
And at that point, you had said to me that your guitar player was leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, not Sam. Uh, Jason. Jason. Yeah. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had said, oh, I should you should meet my friend Alex. He, he might be, you know, uh, you know, might be interested or whatever. So essentially I was going to the show and I was bringing Alex with me to see the show and just to introduce him to you guys. Right. Neil say halfway to the show, I get a call from, I guess it was you or one of you guys that, uh, somehow Parker got pulled over (laughs) and, and didn't have insurance or something or other. And so me going to show ended up me, picking up all your gear from the side of the road <laughs> that's right and taking it to the show because parker you know, had been arrested was he actually arrested because uh, he's still pl- no I think he, no he didn't that time he got arrested i think the car just got towed or something <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. But he was, I, yeah i picked up whoever it was with him and the gear on the side of the road that guy and, had bad luck with cars i'll tell you <laughs> some self-induced bad luck as well but um yeah so Neil, so so that's how uh i introduced alex to you guys and he was gonna be your guitar player in that band and right. then it fell through and then you the two of you guys just kind of proceeded to uh work in bands together and that's when we went to stoner metal land together how did you learn yes. that alex could like really play guitar were you just going on the fact uh, that he told you he played, or had you actually? Like, I think heard so. Him I don't play? think I actually heard him play. Actually, so you went out on a whim there. You're just like, I hope he's I, actually I, I th- good. I think it was more of like, hey, you know, he's interested in trying out type thing. Not like, hey, I found a guy for you. Right. But it was like, right, hey, my okay, friend Alex right, right. said he, be, you know, what, what am I trying out or, or whatever? I think so you was, weren't like vouching for him at that. No, point. I wasn't be like, dude, this guy's yeah, he's gonna kill it. You're I like, no I heard this Widow's Peak demo, and it was ah, yes, tight. Widow's Peak. <laughs> uh, uh, well, he'll get mad if we talk about that. Uh, well, maybe he wouldn't. Um, so <laughs> no reference. Uh, it's okay. But but I knew. I mean, I knew he when I first met him. He was only. I don't think he was even really playing guitar yet. He was just playing keyboards. And then he like kind of fairly quickly just decides are playing guitar, and I guess applied the you know the keyboard knowledge to guitar or something. Sure. I don't know. You know, that's all that studying notes and stuff. What? What? I don't know that. Oh, no, me neither. I mean, power chords. Okay, I'm in. It was one of those great serendipitous, like, points in my life, I think, where I was just like, I love when these worlds came together in such cool ways, (laughs) you know, that like old good relationships turn into like new things. And it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, it's like, Moral of the story be cool to people, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) always. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, just in general, I don't know. It's more effort to, (laughs) <laughs> be mean to people what the hell i don't know sure don't know. and yeah. one day you might need to go you know record you might need a guitar player it's true if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So uh, fast forward another couple years. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we start Gaslight and uh, like... How did it come up for, so, you know, I'm sure I'll talk about it in the intro, but we wrote the record American slang at your house. Yes. How, how, how did that, yeah, how, how, did, that come about? how exactly did that come to pass? I okay. Don't totally remember. Um, well, if you remember at that point, you know, I had already uh, had my guitar pair shop for X amount of years already. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you guys didn't have much money yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I pretty much would anytime it was like a local show or something like that, I'd help you guys out. Like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll tech, right. and, you know, but we couldn't afford to get you on the road yet. No, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I have a real job. Yeah. I own a yeah. business. I can't, you know, yeah. so I, you I, can pay I, me that much. We're not going well, with you. Yeah. Even besides that, it's also like, I can't really leave right yeah, now, right, right. but, but also, yes. Also, you know, I have, <laughs> you know, I, I have a, I have a mortgage to pay. Sure. Uh, so, so anyway, so, uh, it was the, End of the tour cycle for 59 Sound. Because remember, I did other things with you guys. Yeah. Remember, I, I flew out and we actually did those shows on the way back from oh, California yeah, from recording right. that record. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so we had, I guess it was like a five or six day thing. It was short enough where I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go out with you guys. You know, It was that thing um, with the souls, right? Coming back with the souls? Coming back. When you guys were coming back from California yeah. from recording, I uh-huh. flew to, I flew into Minneapolis and you guys picked me up at the airport yeah. and I, yeah, we did four shows with the souls and Tim Barry. Cause um, I remember that's the day I saw you run. It's the one and only time I've seen you run. 
What did I run for? We were like insanely oh, oh, uh, late to that show in Pittsburgh because I almost jackknifed the van and because trailer. Because no, <laughs> no one had GPS yet. Yeah, and we went to the that address in a different was, section of Pittsburgh. Apparently there yeah. was two of them. <laughs> and oh, I had to pee so bad, yeah, but I didn't yeah. care. I, I I had to get everything set up before I can go pee. And that's why I was running. It was Kyle like, literally, one I was running. he had gloves on. Side we door of the up. van open as we're pulling up. Like, oh, <laughs> we we were. I was like, look at him go. <laughs> it's not a, it, no exaggeration. We were like three to four hours late. Oh, we were playing in like ten minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. doors were open already, and oh, we yeah. were like supposed to go on. Yeah. So yeah. it was like there's no time for anything. Certainly like, crunch yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was that that day. Um. So so yeah. So now end of, end of, towards the end of the cycle. You asked me, like, hey, can you, you know, so like five days when I go out, I was like, yeah, I'll go out. So we're in the van going to Canada because, you know, we, why do we always do Canada in the winter? Because that makes a lot of, of sense. Of course. Yeah, because it's fucking cold. You have to and take so, in the spirit of the Great White North, Kyle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and at this point, you, I mean, you were still New Brunswick area, I believe. Yeah, I was. Sleaze so was still way up North Jersey. Uh, and then, Alex was. Oh no, I was, was in Jersey City by then. Actually, were you in Jersey City? Okay. I was. Yeah. Um, I think Alex was still literally like sleeping on couches. But uh, I believe that's the, true. Yeah. Point was, the conversation of van. You guys were all trying to figure out a studio to go and you know write and start demoing stuff. And every single studio, just someone say, "Hey, how about this?" And then at least one of you guys like, "Oh, well, that's way too far for me. Uh, this one's closer to me." And then, right. "Oh, it's way too far for me." And then I, I just go, guys, where I live is pretty much in the middle of where all you guys yeah, are. Uh-huh. I go, just write your record in my basement. I'm like, I'm at work all day. My wife's at work and she'll love to see you guys when she comes home, whatever. Yeah. So that's what it was. You that guys was wrote American Slang in my basement. <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, the Siwan Dummies guys came over and. They listened to it as sitting on my washing machine. Oh yeah, and, that's uh, right. That's right. I forgot they were there. Yeah. Um and was that and, was I using your like a hundred piece drum set or did I bring my own? No, no, no. I you guys you guys brought yourself. You yeah. actually brought a uh, a small PA. And yeah, we had, had all your our stuff. little yeah. back line there. Because Kyle does have like a hundred piece it's not a hundred piece cock rock drum set with like Oh of course. Yeah, it's like the best thing. Um yeah. so like when that was going on, I mean, is that like was that real cool for you guys? Like the yeah. idea that like, like you, you could give like a place of creation to people. Cause you're both such and lovers of music. It was, it was also more of, I'm like, Hey, you guys are my friends and I'm helping you out. Cause this is more convenient than anywhere else. And you don't have to pay for a rehearsal spot. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> yes, it was cool. Fact. You guys wrote the record in my house, but at the same time, I'm like, Hey, if I could help my friends out, use my basement. I don't care. Go ahead. It was like the yeah. best situation. I was bringing bag lunches, using the kitchen, putting them in the up. fridge, making coffee. It was like it was just the best situation. I loved and, it. And and when you took breaks, uh, what did uh, Levine do? Wow, I mean, we went to Big Wally's, right? Well, no, he would always <laughs> read my wrestling. Oh, books. right, 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 right. There's <laughs> yeah. so yeah, so yeah. As a reference, Kyle is a big pro wrestling nut. Yes. And uh yeah, he has quite the collection of I would I would find Sleazy in a chair 
my my lazy boy. Yeah, you're a lazy yeah, boy just my taking boy. in all all the pro wrestling stuff. Wait, so Kyle, I'm glad you yeah. said this. Okay. Yes. Um because I came up with a little section for you. Okay. Now, I know you're I I actually reached out to Big Sleazy for a wrestling quiz. Oh no. To give you, but he didn't answer. Oh, so wow. I don't know. Oh, 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 you mean you mean he didn't respond to a text? He didn't respond to a text. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he did. But may, maybe he didn't see it. Maybe he was like, I don't feel like doing this work that it will require <laughs> to answer this question. I don't know. He'll, he'll, he'll respond when he asks for the combination to the lockup again. Stop it. Stop it, Kyle. Um, come on. Come on. Yeah, he, he easily had texted me more than once asking for the combination <laughs> years after we changed it to a to, uh, or no, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I, I, I reverse that. He texts me numerous times asking if I have the key to lock up. And I remind him we changed to a combo because everyone would lose the keys. Right. right, and, right. Yeah. yeah so. I'm sure that conversation happened a couple of times. But he didn't answer my text. So I went ahead and came up with my, oh, with my own okay. game. Okay. 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 Let's see. So I came up with 10 Ooh. famous catchphrases. Of different okay. wrestlers. And All right. I figured if you don't get like five or six of these, you're full oh. of shit. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would agree I'm full of shit if All I right. don't get, get. Okay. So I came up with 10 catchphrases. You have to try to tell me who said okay. the catchphrase. Okay. I got, I got some anxiety right now. Right. I got some All anxiety. Right. <clears throat> there's, a cu- right. there's, a couple, there's a couple easy home runs in here for you. Oh, I mean, Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple. First mm-hmm. one. Have a nice day. Oh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley. Number one. Yeah. Good for you. Okay. Number two. <laughs> I tried to choose. These are pretty funny. I forgot how funny okay. like wrestling <laughs> shit is. <laughs> All right. This one is, oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Oh, Road Dog Jesse James. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I didn't make these hard enough. I thought these are. Okay. All right. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Too sweet to be sour. Ooh. Oh, I'm a little stumped. Uh, Wow. All right, you out on that one? Uh, I mean, I can say Kevin Nash because it's a too sweet thing, but I I don't know. Not Kevin Nash. This one was Billy Graham. Oh, who I thought was a preacher. Superstar Billy Graham. Okay. Superstar. Yeah. I thought this was a preacher, you know? Uh, well, you okay. know, preacher, wrestler, very similar. Yeah. All right. Two or three so far. Here we go. Okay. All right. We snack on danger and we dine on death. Well, it's a tag team. Uh-huh. Ooh. The Thrill Seekers? It is not. It's the Road yeah. Warriors. Oh, I'm very upset with that. But see, that... I mean, they may have said that, but I don't know. Was that something they would say all the time? That wasn't their catchphrase. I'm, I right, mean, I could. I'm not arguing. If here, anyone's you know, listening, I, I, let's let's take some probably, wrestling commentary here. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll make this one. We'll say that's a pass. Okay. All right. Eh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. All right. Well, here's argue. one of your home runs because because I didn't know right. how good you were. Rest in peace. Oh, the Undertaker. The Undertaker. There you yeah. go. Okay. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
This one is for my own pleasure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? That's it? Oh, yeah? Oh, sure. I mean, I mean, that really could apply to, like, you know, almost everybody. But it, I'm doing it in a normal voice. And the person... Oh, okay. Well, okay. You're just a macho man. Yeah, that's why I thought but, it was so funny. Because oh, I was okay. like, oh, yeah. You know, instead yeah, because, of... <laughs> see, as soon as you put it in context, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an easy one. But, but in general, I'm like, wait, oh, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad my trickery kind of worked, actually. Um, yeah. Okay. To be the man, you have to beat the man. Oh, nature boy, Ric Flair. Nature Come on. boy, Ric Flair. I got a, I got a Ric Flair robe for Christmas, by the way. <laughs> What's it look like? It, it's, it's a bathrobe, but it's, uh, mm. you know, yeah, it's, there's a whole story behind that. It's funny. Very exciting. Uh, this could be a sexy episode because <laughs> Brad's often wearing silk, silk pajamas while we do these. Or, it's not silk. It's, no. it's pretty, you know, pretty cheap, but you know, it's more of a, you know, I just wanted it. <laughs> All right. Uh, know your role and shut your mouth. The rock. The rock. Mm-hmm. All right. Train. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins. Oh, come on. Just a Hulkster. All right. So <laughs> I, I should have, man, I, there was a lot of deep cuts. I should have went a little deeper. Oh, I'm sure. Sh- yeah. You clearly, you got seven out of 10, one pass. No, you You're got an eight out, out of 10. You're an expert. You got eight you out of great. 10, Penny. I was keeping score. Oh, <gasps> we, we're counting that one? No, he got, he missed one. He missed number three. I think he missed. Oh, yeah. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't miss. Oh yeah, come on. Uh, do, do do you recall any of the other deep cuts by any chance? No, no. I'd have to go no, back okay. fishing through yeah. the, uh, yeah, the websites yeah, yeah. again. Because you know, like there was also a lot. This is where my lack of knowledge came in. Yeah, there was a lot of good ones for wrestlers. I didn't know if they were like big or small. Yeah, like because I'd never heard of them before. So. I had a question here, like, you know, your relationship to wrestling, your relationship to cock rock, like, (laughs) like what, what brings it? Why do you love like, and casinos? Like, why do you love over the top entertainment so much? Like, what is it? I don't. Good question. Cause you're not, is it cause you don't like drink and do drugs? Is this like where you get your highs from? You think that that's my wife says, okay. Uh, maybe it is, uh, I don't know. It's just, I, it's, I don't know. It's just fun. I think. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Good. I don't know what where I actually get. Like you said, the, the over the top. Because yeah, the, all that stuff is very over the top. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> you just like just, it. I, I yeah. I mean. Yeah. As straightforward as yeah, just I don't just like it. That's it. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, speaking, I know you're such a massive fan of the crew. Yes. And have been since you were little. I figured at first I had a question for you, like top five crew songs. And mm-hmm. Steph said that was a bad question. So she said, you know, Kyle's probably read books and stuff. You should try to get a deep cut Motley Crew story out of him. So I was wondering, what's a story normal people don't know about the crew? What's like a deep cut? Or, or do you have any from personal experience? I don't have any from personal experience. Okay. Um, uh, I, well, okay. Well, I, I, yeah, actually, yes, I do have a good personal experience story. Okay. I rephrase that. So, um, back when was, was tower records, one of the big record stores in times square when there still was record stores, mm-hmm. uh, Nikki six was doing a book signing there 
And uh, it was, I think it was the Heroin Diaries. Okay. I think it was, yeah. So me and my wife, we, we, we go, oh, yeah, we're going to go, going to get in line, you know. So we get there and the line's fucking long. Okay. I'm like, all right, whatever. We're getting in line. We get in line. We wait in line. And we're there for, uh, it's a good couple hours. And it's getting to a point where, because it's long, the people at, that are like kind of running the thing or trying to like usher things along. Mm-hmm. They're like, no more pictures, oh, this and that. Like they're on. trying to get things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, the year before is when me and my wife got married. We, uh, we went out, out west for our honeymoon. And coincidentally enough, this was not planned. When we were in LA, the crew was playing the, ho- uh, the Hollywood Bowl. So oh, we went to see the crew on our you honeymoon. Did not, not, you did not schedule the honeymoon around It did show. not schedule it, but as soon as we saw it, we're Likely like, Likely story. Yeah. Um, so my wife's like, oh, man, we're not going to be able to get a picture. I go, we'll get a picture. Don't you worry. At, so, so you're like, we, you're my we, dashing new husband is going to come in and get us. I go, don't worry. Yeah. So I walk up and I said, hey, it's nice to meet you. I go, hey, we, of course, I bend the truth. Of I go, we flew out to see you guys on our honeymoon. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, really? I go, yeah, could we, could we get a picture? And Nikki goes, yeah, of course, come back here. So we got yes, our picture with, yes. with Nikki. Yeah, yeah, of course, I mean, it sounded like that. Little white um, lie, little white lie. Little white lie. And we then leave, and, you know, and you know, just like any book sign, he just, you know, did take a good couple seconds, or it wasn't just like this whole ushering thing. But granted, there was hundreds of people out there. It's not going to take tons of time, but still, was was very nice and cordial. Uh, we step away, and Lila goes, are you shaking? And I go, <laughs> I, I, I think I am. And I look at my hands were shaking. And I wow. literally, my hands were shaking. She's like, your hands are shaking from meeting Nikki six. And I go, you're right. They are. I am. Yeah. It's like, and, it might uh, as well have been like Bill Clinton or it's for you. Yeah, like like, yeah. like <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. It, it, that's a, Gotta tell you. Yeah. Man may have made a deal with the devil. Best, best looking uh, uh, ex heroin act ever seen up close. Looks good. <laughs> Looks good. And I got to imagine at this point in your life, your sample size is actually kind of big there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was funny. Yeah, that's so, fucking funny, man. Uh, yeah. So, yes. So that, that was that was uh that that was that's one of them. That's a good Molly so my, my, my wife my wife yeah my wife got a kick out of the fact that I, my hands were shaking and I didn't even realize it. I go yeah I guess they are. That's fucking hilarious. So, so uh yeah Kyle I learned something yes. about you doing research for this interview. Oh no, you're a dean. A dean like a, as as far as like you're listed married. No, as in like like uh you know, I knew you had your guitar school. You know where you yes. where you taught like guitar repair all throughout New mm-hmm. Jersey. You know, uh, as we talked about the the hustlers mentality always out there. And mm-hmm. in one of the listings, it said Dean of Education Kyle Rogendorf. Uh, I guess technically I am because wow. I mean we are we we are a registered vocational school yeah. with the state of New Jersey. And it, so I yeah. guess it technically makes me a dean. Now I'm sh- I'm I'm sure when I filled out a paperwork years ago I'm. Sure. Yeah. Now I think about it. Yeah, I guess that is right. It, I am technically a dean. That is not that I incredible. Have, not that I've thought of, thought about it or used the the moniker, <laughs> but yeah, technically I guess I am a dean. Yeah. So you are a dean. You mm-hmm. and who can also uh, conduct weddings. I've conducted many weddings. 
You're turning in. You're such a renaissance man. At this point. <laughs> um, did you come up with like the entire, like, did you have to come up with like a curriculum, a course schedule, yes. like the whole thing? Like, how did yeah, you go yeah. about that? Uh, well, essentially, long story short, years ago, um, we were hiring people because I, and I needed people to work for us. Yeah. Uh, we were hiring people from other uh, schools throughout the country. Not there's tons of them, but there's a handful of guitar repair schools. And most of these schools, or actually, I should say all the ones at that time, were advertised as building and repair. Mm. Uh, so essentially, we would, I'd have someone come in, I'd give them a bench test, and found out that they really didn't know much about repair. They like built two guitars from scratch, mm. which means like every aspect of it. Like I'd say, well, like how many times did you, you know, this task? Well, I built two guitars or twice. And I'm like, you know, so after retraining a couple people, mm. like having trained them on repair, right. uh, we, we started it. At, uh, we, we started figuring, you know, I'm like, well, if we're retraining these people, <laughs> might as well, you know, uh, offer it first. It was like a paid apprenticeship. And then, and then we so we did it for a couple of years as just essentially a paid apprenticeship. And then once we filed paperwork with the state, had to come up with a curriculum. And yeah, just really went through the. Uh, I mean, we had a curriculum prior, but it's really just all the uh, uh, the tasks that we see on a daily basis of on how to uh, you know repair and maintain uh, guitars. Is it is, is it all the physical aspect, or did you yes. put any of yes. like the business? like social yeah. aspect all, all physical aspect so the only the physical aspect so how like do you have people that you train that don't then come to work for you i yeah um pretty much anyone i hire i usually will hire from the school um but uh you know and, and initially like i said years ago that was kind of the whole thing was like well we might as well uh start training people so i know when we uh hire them we know what they're doing uh but they know it's turned into some something more than that um but uh you know we get a lot of different things we get uh a lot of times we'll get uh retired people that maybe were you know play guitar and they're retired now but they're like you know what i want to learn how to maintain my guitars and you know i could do this on the side for extra money even though it's physical work it's not like it's you know Heavy lifting. They're like, I'm sick of paying you for setups. Uh, yeah. yeah, we've learned how to. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, but then, like, you know, we'll, we'll also have younger people that want to either go on the road or open their own shop or go work for someone. So, so are they classrooms or are they like one on one? The the class I max out. We we have two semesters. Essentially, the semesters mirror that of a, a college course. So it's a it's a twenty week program, Monday through Friday. Uh, essentially uh, 10 to four each day. Um, and legally, if I remember correctly, I think it could take like up to like nine or 10 students, but I only do six at a time just because if I go more than six, really would need to hire another teacher. And it's the, even, it just gets a little too crammed in there. So I do, I do a, a so it's six students at a, at a semester or, or up, up to six. And then, uh, you know, with one full-time instructor. So, so, so it is, it's not one-on-one, but it's fairly close, uh, you know, uh, you know, a a lot of one-on-one instruction. It's not, you know, not like, you know, 25 students and one teacher type thing. So do you have to break six Les Paul head stocks a semester to, (laughs) so that everybody can figure out how to fix it? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is that Um, the most like, is that the most common repair? (laughs) It's well, I mean, 
It's, I, I probably do at least one or two a week. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we show that, uh, but most, most of the curriculum, because the thing with crack repairs like that, which we get into a little bit, I mean, I could do 20 weeks just on crack repairs because right. that's getting right. into structural stuff. Really, basically, we cover stuff. That, I, I tell them pretty much you're covering about 80 to 85% of the stuff that you're going to have walk into a shop on a daily basis. Everything from basic setups to fret dressing, uh, refrets, making nuts and saddles from blanks, rewiring, uh, all that type of stuff. Which, you know, again, you're not, there's always more stuff to learn, but that's going to cover the majority of the stuff you see. You know? Do you have like such a, like, you know, you've been doing it so long and I can imagine there's some different schools of thought on things. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, would you prefer training somebody you hire because they'll just do things exactly the way you want them? Like, do you prefer someone coming trained in house? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I have, you know, I have like specs and, you know, uh, what I want to have this stuff. I, I want consistency and that's what I found throughout the years. You know, a lot of people that do guitar work, they'll kind of set a guitar up so it plays good for them, but that's mm. not what the general public is. So I want right. people, you know, I have a spec I like to to get it at. That way, if someone comes in, whether I set it up or the other guy next to me, they're going to get the same thing. Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, saying that, if someone has experience, I'll we'll still kind of like, you know, show them how we want it. But probably it is probably easier to, you know, hire out of people I've trained, which yeah. is been especially over the last 10 15 years pretty much the uh the the case well you're you're so. very well reviewed on the internet i try <laughs> the, i try you got a lot of five stars i, I try <laughs> every once in a while there's a you know so there's someone who's not happy but it's it's, it's very few and far between yeah. you know and and you know it kind of sounds stupid but i kind of it it's just like anything you know you you have if if you have something that someone that's not happy, something it just beats you up, you know? So I always really try to go, I really do try like to go to extra mile and really make everything right for everyone, you know? So I, I, you know, I probably get more joy out of like someone bringing some kind of crappy in and making it the best could be. And then, you know, they're usually like thrilled and stuff. So, nice. you know, yeah. Cause I always get people like, Oh, you must get to work on really cool, expensive guitars. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't, you know, <laughs> that doesn't excite me. Right, right. It's kind of cool if there's something that's kind of a little bit of a basket case and I can make it like work for them. And then they're totally psyched. They're like, oh, man, I thought this was garbage. You know, See, even at, even as a guitar repairman, you're still a punk rocker. You know, I try you're like the weirdo ones. Kyle, like I got to <laughs> ask you, man, what just give me one tip. What is the trick to the truss rod? Scares the well, shit out of me. the trick is getting it adjusted periodically the biggest problem i have is people bring something in and it hasn't been adjusted for 20 years and wood wood's got a memory so it's going to go whichever way it wants and sometimes it's sat for so long that you just can't get it adjusted to where you want it Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day you just do it a little at a time <laughs> and used the right wrench. You have no clue. How many times. <laughs> oh yeah, I try adjusting it. I'm like, yeah, you stripped it out because you used the wrong size wrench. Right. <laughs> jackass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So enough enough guitars because there might be en- enough might be some no. drummers listening. You know, ah. fuck them. Uh, <laughs> uh, every time I have some guitar people on, Brad gets 
He gets uh, so full of himself, you know. Um, <laughs> but Kyle, you've been you've been watching million bands and artists and touring with mm-hmm. people on uh, you know on the periphery so long. Like to you, are there any real like telltale signs of groups of people who who remain successful and stay together, and like the ones who don't? Like, what do you think are the real? carry throughs that 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 go one way or the other what uh like what would make a band last the uh yeah like what's a tendency of people in bands who succeed and tendencies of people in bands who don't um well number one the first aspect is just like the fucking relationship, the people in the band have to get along for God's sake. I <laughs> right, mean, you right. Know, just the very I, foundational. Just that, you know. I, you know, there's sometimes you just want to like, you know, look at them like guys, just fucking sit down, talk to each other, and then get this, you know. Right. But uh, probably bands that you know don't. I want to say like no know what they're good at and and write songs that they that 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 they like and what they are good at when you try doing something you know like for the aspect you know like the whole like oh I'm you know record company wants this mm, instead of mm-hmm. this that usually seems and uh, how many times have you heard that actually work out? You know, very, it's yeah, very rarely. Few, it's true. Few and far that between. That is true. There's very little historical precedence for people to still be doing that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I think, you know, I, if you just, you just, just you know, uh, not only want to say don't experiment because, you know, obviously people, you know, they change and want to do some, you know, right this way or, or a different way, but, uh, is it like you have to do it in a way that like involves your fans, right? Like, I feel like, I think, I think yeah. there's, I think some artists forget the fact that not that you're, you still want to write what you want to write, but at the same time, you got to remember what your fans want. And it, I'm not saying write just what they right. want, but there's a balance. Sure. Yeah. You got to have that balance. And it's, if you don't, you know, you could write something you think is awesome. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, you know? sure. Um, you know, and not saying that, you know, if someone has that artistic thing that want to do something like that, sure, do it. But don't, 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 th- you know, maybe, maybe do a side project. Don't think like, don't shove this on your fans and expect them to be like, well, what do you mean? You, you don't like it. Sure. Yeah. Or, or uh, you got to leave like enough of a piece of of what you were to, to make it feel authentic, right? Like it's not exactly like turning your back on what you did or something. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think that's going to work with longevity. And also, you know, you just got act like humans and just, right. you know, yeah, like just, 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 you know, Treat your treat your fans kind of like that, you know. You were, you know, think about how you would when you were young going to see the bands, you know. Right. You know, it doesn't mean you got to hang out with each one, but you know, you know, shake a hand here. Yeah, there. general uh, respect for the people yeah. who come see you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Sure. I mean, you know, I still, you know, I still get excited when a band I like like has some new material. You know. Um, 
So, yeah, I you know, I I, I still I still like new records. I actually buy I still buy CDs. Imagine that. <laughs> You're the last one. <laughs> I am the last one. Yeah, we had a discussion. We when you get rid of all these, I go. Well, I don't know. Why don't we get rid of my house? Your last one was CDs <laughs> and an AOL account. And an AOL account, exactly. Yeah. So as Brad, yeah. I was telling Kyle here that there's at AOL headquarters, there's just a picture of Kyle now over the, the front desk, <laughs> like a bust of their the last one, customer. The last guy. Yeah. So let, let me ask you though, like, so do you listen to CDs because you like to browse the library? I do. I, I still like looking at the booklet yeah. and reading the crap yeah. in it. Cause I do. My wife, I've uh, tried every method possible to like make her use of like, you know, I mean, when I originally ripped our entire library, I basically bought her an iPad so that she could kind of browse yeah. it. And then when we started using Spotify again, I like did everything I could like to set her up so that, and she still just, she just misses going through the like CD covers and being like, Oh yeah, this is the one I want to listen to. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I still, you know, now saying that I still, you know, I'll be in the car and I'll be like, Oh, I want to hear this. And I'll, I'll hit the, you know, I'll, I'll Google it and, and pull it up on the phone and listen to it in the phone. Uh, but I still, yeah, I, 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 yeah, not that I buy as many CDs as I used to, but I still do like getting CDs and looking at yeah, the, no. you know, there's something to same be, same thing with the vinyl. It's and, a different like, you know. way of browsing because you come across shit that you don't think about, I think, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, this guy produced this. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, you know, well, that whole thing too is, is, a yeah, big part it's really it. got to be an answer for that in the future. I feel like, the people like you and and your wife, Brad, I, I don't think it's like so much of a minority. I think a lot of people, you know, enjoy the ease of the streaming experience, but do miss the the idea of just like sitting down with an album feels so much different. Like, you know, I'm a big reader and people kept buying me yeah. Kindles and stuff. I can't do it. I hate fucking reading books on those things. It really yeah, bothers I, me. Like yeah. I have, but I still like, you know, I have, but yeah, for the majority I mean, of it, I like getting the book, you know? There's just something, yeah. There's, there's, I, so I feel like the music industry is going to have to, I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons vinyl is back because that was I, probably you know, the, maybe the best way to sit and connect with an album because right. everything's yeah, so they, slow and everything's so interactive with an album, you know? And also, I mean, pretty much nowadays you buy the album and you're getting the the code or whatever to also have it digitally. So it's like, here, here's your digital right. ease. But at the same time, here's your big record to look at everything. And, you know, so. It's true. I pre-ordered the new Hot Water Music record. On Compact Disc. <laughs> On Compact Disc, yes. yes. <laughs> another another uh, industry that has a, a velvet painting of you over their, their front desk. <laughs> <laughs> You're just handing them out at this point. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of velvet. Velvet. Someone I know uh, just got a big tattoo of Ron Burgundy. I did. Stay classy. I respect. You know, there's no one who loves Ron Burgundy as much as I I was yeah. very, very happy to see it. And and it was funny how you randomly texted me because <laughs> I was going to, I wanted to text you the picture, but I was waiting a day or two because I wanted it to be healed perfectly. Oh, you wanted to see the <laughs> but, nice. But, but at that point, like, I was like, I got to send it to you now. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a little, I asked Alex Rose Amelia, I was like, you, what, what's a question you would ask Kyle if you could ask a Kyle? <laughs> oh, boy. And he's like, you know, of course, you two have a lot of things that we can't discuss on wax. But uh, 
He wanted to know how it feels to get your butt tattooed. It hurts. It hurts a lot. <laughs> so people should know. I, I mean, you have like no real estate left, right? Like, like you're pretty I, much full, correct? I'm probably, in all honesty, probably seventy five percent. Okay, full. So you still have a little yeah. real estate. I mean, no, I'm not gonna like tattoo my face or anything like that, right? You know? Yeah. So, but, uh, so you still have what inner thigh stuff like that around? I started getting my inner thigh done. Oh, yeah, that must <laughs> fucking hurt so bad. Terrible. Oh. Uh, well, Ron comes a little bit on my inner thigh because it's it, he's on my <laughs> like. But I actually got a uh, I got a Van Halen rose on my inner thigh. Oh my god! It's a rose that's that's a uh, candy striped. <laughs> you're literally you're like you're like a, a groupie from 1985. This is <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so where is the Ron Burgundy tattoo? I have to know. It's it's on my uh leg kind of right above my knee. Okay. Uh, yeah, like his uh his tie and jacket kind of go onto my knee a bit, which is yeah, that's a real fun spot. Don't act like you're not impressed. Um, I'm impressed. So uh, yeah. So I you know, one thing though, you're you're such a tattooed person that I always want to <laughs> like you know, tattoos changed like somewhere in the I don't know. 90s i guess from yeah. like you know job stoppers and this real kind of cultural delineation you were making by getting tattooed it was almost like mm -hmm. i'm entering the counterculture now right because mm -hmm. i'm getting tattooed like when do you think that exactly changed and and like, how does it make you feel you mean, about tattooing? do you mean for me or just in general like for like, i guess both really um, well, I was, I was always, you know, uh, one of one of the rules I had was like, yeah, at first, not going below the elbows for a while. Got, you know, it was like, you know, I got tattooed for a while before I even went below my elbows. Like, right, but, but that stuff. was the old. Uh, that was that was. Uh, yeah, how it went. Same thing. Then. Yeah, I literally remember one time going to Vegas, and I went. And got this pinup girl like on the back of my neck, and I put a collared shirt on. I mean, it was like a work shirt or whatever. And I literally said, "Draw a line with that, and just start it below that," because it was like you know, you can't have a peek oh, for your shirt. Right, then, right. You know? So you were uh, still concerned about that at that time. Well, I don't know. I guess I was just trying to be, uh, you know, this was before. This was when I still was working regular, right, you know, right. quote unquote regular job. So I was just like, you know, I was just trying to be smart. So I'm like, you know, uh, but yeah. It was until like, you know, once I started working myself, like, okay. You know, I mean, I think that then did go below, below the elbow, of course. But even then it was like, even when I was working regular jobs and I always wore long sleeves, just, right. you know, so this is going into the late nineties, you know, but then, uh, yeah. So, so someone like you who's doing that, like, what were your initial feelings when you started seeing like, you know, normies getting fucking tattoos, jocks getting tattoos, you know, eventually cable TV shows about it. Like, you know, did you feel like something kind of got taken from you a little? No, not really. Cause I, I, I never, I, I never thought of it as like a, like a, I don't know, like a club or anything. Okay. It kind of similar to like, as we talked about, honestly, when I was a little kid and started listening to heavy metal, I was just like, tattoos look cool. I literally just thought <laughs> right. tattoos look cool. Yeah. I, you know, I remember going to the boardwalk as a little kid and getting a rub on like snake tattoo on my arm. <laughs> I don't know. It literally was, I think tattoos 
I just like the way they looked. That was really, yeah, you know, yeah. hey, tattoos look cool. Not not even like, no, I don't want to say cool, like, and, you know, oh, you know, I'm badass or anything like that, like cool, but I just liked it, you know? I, lo- um, I love how young you were attracted to it because it makes me think that, like, some total fucking ripper just oh. died in 1975. And then you, you know, you're the next generation of it. It's like you were born for it, you know? Oh, I, I remember, I remember the day I turned 17, my mom without nothing was even said. And she just turned to me and my stepfather and she goes, you're not taking him to get a tattoo until he's 18. And I'm like, oh, how'd she even know? We were oh, like, you we guys, didn't talk. Oh, you had already hatched a plan. We didn't even really hatch a plan, but my, <laughs> but I know my stepfather would have taken me and signed for it yeah, at 17. Yeah. And my mom, n- none of it was even really said. And she just looked at it, but she, you know, she's like, no, yeah. I'm like, all right. So I, I literally had to wait till I was 18 and I was like, all right. That's whatever. very intuitive. Yeah. Now, how do you think it's going now? Like, do you think the, like the mainstream arc of it has kind of, it seems like it peaked and it's going back the other so. way now. Right. Yeah. I think it, it peaked. I mean, one of the, you know, also, I mean, I look at a, you know, artistic stuff. I mean, I think the one thing with it being the mainstream it brought the fact that people were getting better tattoos. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's I mean, true. you know, uh, people are getting better tattoos. And I think kind of the new thing in the last couple of years, people getting these like weird, random little <laughs> face tattoos yeah, and yeah. stuff. I'm like, I want to be like, you know, if you want to tattoo your face, go ahead. But I don't know, make it good at least. These look like like home done tattoos. I don't know, I don't get it. That's, but, I guess that's again, the style is they're trying to look I, like they're I, I in guess. like a Russian prison. Yeah. I guess, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. N- not that, you know, some of mine are, uh, are don't look like they're from a Russian prison, but you know, that's, yeah. Well, you got, <laughs> you got the flamingo on your foot. Hey, the white, tra- white trash across the toes. That's it. That's it. I mean, so this is my last, my last question, Kyle. Okay. Because we've been on for a while. We have, but you and I are from a place called central Jersey, called central Jersey. Which mm, forty nine and three quarters states in America say we don't exist. Yeah. Now, not only do we <laughs> exist, there's something very special about people from our area. A lot of chutzpah. A lot of oh yeah. We got a lot of guys like me and you who very very easily could have just been shitty white trash dudes. Yeah. And wound up kind of cool, you know. Like I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I always thought there was Central Jersey because where when I was growing up, I'm like, yeah, you got North Jersey. These, uh, you know, that fucking hellhole up there, these, whatever's these, going uh, on. Yeah. These fancy people up there, <laughs> and then you got South Jersey. You might as well just be in Philly for all yeah, you know. Jersey, them and their their, their water ice yeah, and stuff. Fucking water ice, <laughs> water. And your Phillies and the Jersey Devil, whatever's happening. Wait, what's down there? water ice? Water ice is Italian ice, oh. but in South Jersey and Philly, they call it water. It's like water ice. Water ice and hoagies. Water. They call it hoagies. But you know what? We did grow up yeah. by the Next hoagie. The hoagie yeah, which was great. Had a great, the best Italian hot dog in Central Jersey right there. But we, wh- even better than the dugout. Yeah, it was better. The the Hoagie Hut had proper proper old Italian guys back there making hot dogs yeah. and stuff. That that shit was good. <laughs> so what makes Central Jersey so special? Uh what makes what makes it so special? Uh I liked it because you kind of were close enough to everything. I could be in the city 
in under an hour. Yeah. I can, uh, you know, be out by a lake or in the woods in yeah. uh, you know, 10 minutes. The, the opposite direction, sure. a half hour. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of like to do a little bit of everything. You know, you can kind of, you know, I'd go mountain biking over here and then I'd hop on the bus and go into the city and see, you know, whatever band play. And I don't know. Just kind of cool because there's just a lot around. Yeah. I guess I don't, I don't think about the actual, like, you know, my mind always goes to the fact that we're some like, you know, spiritually and, and morally and culturally just a stronger group of people than North and South Jersey. Good. I mean, good working class people. Yeah, I mean, just good salt of the earth Jersey people. But, but then you're right. I mean, I guess like where we grew up, you're, yeah, 45 to the city, an hour to Philly, you know, 45 to the beach and that whole thing. And like, you just have, I guess you have access to everything. We're like yeah, the you crossroads, just, you know? Yeah. You can go, uh, go to Round Valley and go swimming in the lake. And, and that was the days you could make a good two, three stops in the New Jersey transit train without getting kicked off, you know? That's true. <laughs> so I never took the train as a kid going into the city. You probably did go take the train, right? I did, yeah. I did. Yeah, because where we were, to take the train, you'd have to transfer, and it was a nightmare. So I would take the bus, and oh. Oh, from there. there oh, two hours on the bus. I when I got my license, oh, my Tough God, I'm driving right the city. Tough trip to oh, the city. Terrible. We used to do our ways. You had to get there. All right, Kyle. Got, got, got to get to the show somehow. Listen, I love you, buddy. Love you. That was fun. Thanks for talking to us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why are you always clapping? Hey, because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm applauding you, Benny. Why, why, why do you clap? So it's... Because then I can really, visually th- see. Is this, like when you clap before we do this, I know when you're on like sets and when you're doing like this stuff, you're like, you're supposed to do the clap. That's my cue. But do you actually use the clap? Uh, I use it to visually see where the outro starts. That's the only time oh. I do it. So you see the little spike. That's yeah. why the clap is So it's is super there. easy to see the waveform of that Wait, clap. Wait, let me check. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Good spike. <laughs> Wait, let me see yours. <laughs> oh, dude, weak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got gigantic hands, like scary, like gorilla hands. Uh, so you, you didn't stand a chance. 
I, you know, I also used to do it when we were, um, I used to do it at Pulse sometimes because some of the mics were so far away that if there was any bleed like between microphones, mm. it would sound kind of odd. So I would line, I could line up the tracks, but not very often. That kind of gets weird. You get odd with the Brad, phrasing. mics don't bleed. <laughs> They're made of computers. Only women bleed. Only women bleed. <laughs> Wait, what? You don't what know that? Say? I'm glad I didn't understand. You don't that know that song? That's an Alice Cooper song, man. Really? Only women bleed. Yeah, that's like his oh. like ballad. <laughs> that and that's the hook. Yeah, that's the chorus. Only women bleed. Only women bleed. Oh, Alice. <laughs> his name was Alice. He could say it. <laughs> he's gross. I know from Wayne's World that he's a smart guy. You know, he said uh, Algonquin for the good land. Mealy Walk A. He's supposed to be smart. I don't know. All those those seventies guys, they they went from some real sticky shit <laughs> that would uh be so problematic these days, you know? Yeah. Who was well. who was the one guy who uh wrote the record as like a redneck saying like super racist shit? I don't know. Cunt was it country music? Yeah, it was uh oh, it was the guy who wrote the song for Major League. Dude, you know him. Like in the 80s? Probably 70s. Let's think. Oh, Randy Newman. Oh, Randy Newman. <laughs> Randy Newman did a record <laughs> of like. Uh, Randy Newman did a lot of stuff. Short people. Yeah. Oh, the album is actually no called reason. Rednecks. <laughs> I mean, Randy Newman, like, he's kind of a little bit... Good Old Boys, that's the name of the record. And the song is called Redneck. So he did this whole record, like, in character as, like, a redneck and said some really awful shit on it. You know, and then Bowie did his, you know, Nazi fucking thing for a couple years. Now I know about Alice Cooper talking about menstruation and his hooks. (laughs) What's wrong with these guys? This is when... This is when white men were just unchecked. Unfettered. Unchecked power. They could just do whatever they wanted. I mean, not suffer any consequence. Well, and they probably thought they were, you know, I mean, the sad part is that they thought they were. Yes. On the side of good, you know. I mean, mean, what's the line there, do you think? I mean, there is, you know, a, a use for like satire like this. Like when does it get it go too far? Well, I think Alice Cooper would tell you that his song is a serious lyric. Really? Yeah. I mean, maybe we should look it up. Let's see. You think he likes it? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, just to think, like, Randy Newman wrote, like, a song called Rednecks on on an album called Good Old Boys, and then... Wrote the music for like Toy Story, all right, and a Bug's Life. Okay. You know, I uh, I uh, I thought I'd look up the lyrics to see if they would help redeem him. And I'm oh afraid. no! Oh bad! <laughs> Man Real got bad. his woman to take his seed. He got the power. Oh. She got the need. <laughs> no, Alice. Fuck. But Ew. I guess this is supposed to be compassion because she she spends her life pleasing up her man she feeds him dinner or anything she can she cries alone at night too often he smokes and drinks and don't come home at all 
<laughs> so yeah, so this is always the justification is that <laughs> I was I was trying to make a a, a a good message. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the line is here. He slaps you once in a while, and you live and love in pain. Ugh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. All right. Well, it was a different time, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyway, anyway. <laughs> speaking on. of a different time, we already talked about like Motley Crue and all these cockrock bands already. I mean, this is highly problematic episode. Um, that's okay. I hope we don't. Are we going to get canceled? <laughs> I hope not. Is it time? Is it finally time? You got me to talk on a microphone for like two years straight and we haven't yet. Just semi-miracle. Um, well, I won't curse us. You got some uh, socials? for for. I know Kyle's not a social media guy. Well, listen. Rarit and Bay Guitar Repair. Look up Rarit and Bay Guitar Repair. They got a website. You know, if you want to learn how to fix guitars and you're in Jersey. Yeah. Go take a class. Um, Sounds like you should go take a class from the sounds of it. I should, I should. Um, Instagram account, go follow him because it looks like he's just getting it started, but it's at Raritan underscore Bay underscore guitar underscore repair. It's a lot of typing. That's a lot on He's on Facebook at Repair Guitar. So he got started okay. early there. But, um, and you know, we're at going off track everywhere. And, um, if you want to be a patron, patreon.com slash going off track. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. uh, join the gang. Join mm-hmm. us on our Thursday night uh, fireside chat via Discord. No fire, though. Mm, you can have a fire. Make your well, own we don't fire. Have a fire. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We lied. And uh, yeah, that's always appreciated. Leave us some reviews. You know, just be yourself. Speak honestly, unless it's a bad review. <laughs> I'm honestly, my only fear, Betty, is that somebody's going to be like, oh, I heard about this cool podcast. Like, it's like musicians and stuff. And then they go to the iTunes reviews and it's like, literally like, oh, this makes me so hot. I get wet before I listen to going off track. Yeah. And they're going to be like, wait a minute, man. I'm like... 13 year old kid i just wanted to fucking listen to some rock and roll man you think people are really really going off it on based on the reviews there no i don't know i don't know i think we you do know have who some hates, juicy reviews at you know the request. only bad reviews on that site for some reason i think some tough guy hardcore people don't don't like uh, no show. i love the bad reviews we only have like one or two and they're so yeah. awesome <laughs> And they're always the same thing. It's always, I can always tell the guy's voice. It sounds like this. Bunch of fucking industry douchebags (laughs) talking about this and that. I wanted to just hear some agnostic front and I got to hear these guys talk about this shit. Oh, (laughs) something like that. Oh yeah. I've been saying that to my kid all week because I finally watched the Sopranos movie Mm. and there's a scene in it where Dickie Moltisanti is talking to a uh, young Tony Soprano and he goes something like this. He's like, you're trying to play the football. You smoking the weed. Oh, <laughs> I've been doing that to my son all week. He'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like, you're trying to watch TV. You leave the plate in the table. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, That's it's good. fun. It's nice. It's, fun. it's nice to have yeah. a real in family meme, right? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's good. 
We have a family whistle, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. No. So no, no creepy old hardcore kids can steal my kids with my family <laughs> whistle. Um, but anyway, yeah, they, they don't like those old ones. They think they're like, ah, fucking industry, industry douchebags. <laughs> uh, whatever. So anyway, I still appreciate the sexually explicit ones, but Brad apparently does not. But we should go. This is long. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And we'll be back soon. And, uh, you know, try to keep a good head about you this week, huh?